Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Coach, where we discuss college opportunities and cultivating habits. I'm Katie. I'm Avalon. I'm Saxony. And we are your academic peer coaches. And we have a guest today that we are very excited to introduce. As you may have noticed from previous episodes, we tend to talk about self-care and mental well-being a lot. However, we are not experts in psychology, counseling, or social work, etc. That being said, we wanted to invite someone who is an expert to discuss these topics and more. So without further ado, we'd like to give a big welcome to Aaron Jeffrey, who is the director of Weber State Counseling and Psychological Services Center. Thank you. It's nice to be here with you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We have been wanting to do an interview with Counseling Services for a long time. So we're so happy that you could find the time in your busy schedule to be here with us. To start off the interview, could you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I am a licensed marriage and family therapist. I've been a therapist for about 20 years now. And when I was an undergrad, I knew that I wanted to work with people. I was always interested in why people did what they did, but I didn't know kind of about the world of therapy. And as I went on, I found out about the field of marriage and family therapy. And so I got my master's and doctoral degrees there and was a professor for a number of years, training counselors and therapists. And then in uh, 2014, I think it was, I joined the staff here at the Counseling Center and was a staff therapist for a while and became the clinical director. And so now I'm the director of the Counseling Center. We get to work with a wonderful staff and connect with lots of different groups on campus. Wow, that's amazing. Thank you for sharing that information with us. Could you also tell us a little bit about your department? Like how many counselors are there and what kinds of topics you can help with? Sure. Right now, we're at the largest we've ever been. We have 13 counselors, and we have one psychiatric mental health nurse practitioner. So our counselors are from different backgrounds. We have clinical social workers, clinical mental health counselors, marriage and family therapists. Sometimes we have psychologists. We don't have any psychologists on staff right now. And we work with a variety of different mental health issues. Do you want me to talk about specific topics or kind of broad services that are available? We can go over the services if you'd like. Yeah. So we want to be able to provide services that are available to everybody. Not everybody needs to go to therapy, but everybody needs to be able to take care of their mental health. What students do, they call and get set up for an appointment and we do an initial consultation for about 30 minutes. And from there, we determine what service is best for them. It could be one-on-one individual counseling. It could be group. We determine if there might be some medication needs. For some people, it really is just psychoeducation. We've got some online modules that we have available for them. Or for some of our students, we're not the best resources. Maybe their needs are a little bit outside of our scope or we need something in addition to. And so we can talk to them about community resources as well. Okay. And you mentioned that you also cover topics. Could you list a few for our listeners? Sure. So I think the main things that we tend to discuss in therapy anxiety, depression, stress, and relationships. Attention and focus issues is also kind of creeping up the list as well. Because I think in a college environment, attention and focus are very important. And if you have struggles with those, things tend to not go well in your academic work. But those tend to be the ones that we see most often. It sounds like there's a lot of great counselors available, also different options of like one-on-one versus group. Could you tell us a little bit more about that, like what they look like, a group setting versus one-on-one? Yes. So our groups rotate every semester. We have different offerings, but when we meet in initial consultations, you'll see a list of the groups that we have offered and be able to choose what makes most sense. Most people initially don't like the idea of group 
just because like, A, I don't want to talk about my own issues, period. And B, I don't want to do it with strangers in the same room. What we found consistently is that people who get into the groups love them. They love hearing that there are, are other people who struggle just like them or have something to contribute to how they can improve their own lives. So we have two generally different groups, support groups, which are open to anybody. You can just kind of stop in and, and get support when you need to, and therapy groups, which are closed groups. And usually there's about six to eight people in those, and they're a little bit more focused. This coming semester, so we've got an LGBTQ support group, a trans process group, a men's group, understanding self and other, which is kind of a coming to know yourself, better your feelings, your thoughts. We have a newer group, religious and spiritual processing group for those who are kind of wrestling with ideas around spirituality and religion or non-spirituality and non-religion. And living BIPOC is another one. Each semester we try and tailor the topics of our groups to the needs of the university community and we rotate those. But you can look on our website as well to see what those groups are. Again, usually the first session feels a little bit weird, but people really enjoy getting into those. I never knew that the Counseling Center offered group sessions. That is so cool. I do have a question about this thing I've heard of called Tau. Mm-hmm. What is Tau and how do students use it? We have had Tau at the university now for probably four-ish years. We wanted to be able to provide another resource to students so that, again, if they didn't want to come into therapy, they could hop online and address the mental health needs themselves. Tau stands for Therapy Assistance Online, and any student can go to it, I believe, through the eWeaver portal or through our Counseling Center website, and you log in with your Weber email address, and there are just tons of mental health information modules. You can go through and watch videos and do journals. Some of the ones that tend to be more popular are relationships, anxiety and worry, depression, stress, personal growth. And so you can get in there. You can do as many or as little of them as you want to, but it's always available to you. And we're trying now to get that incorporated into a lot of the faculty syllabi, because if we can get that connected to courses and students know, like at any time they can pop into Tau and just do a module, they can do that as well. That's really interesting. I've actually used Tau in a couple of my courses before, but I was curious if there are other resources besides Tau that students can use. Yes, there's a variety actually. So if you go on our website, over on the left, there's a learn more about column and there are a variety of different topics, everything from anxiety, coming out, substance use, pornography problems, relationship issues, domestic violence. You can go on there, click on there. There's lots of good information you can read about. There's usually a video or two you can watch and an app that's connected to that. So again, if you don't want to come into therapy or if you don't want to talk to anybody, just hop on the website and over on the left, there's those learn more about pages. On the right side of our website, there are a couple other features that get looked over. One is a mental health screener. You just click on that and you answer some questions and it'll give you some feedback about here's kind of how you're doing. That doesn't go anywhere. It's just for your own information. And that can give you some guidance of like, okay, maybe I need to talk to somebody or maybe something else might be helpful. We have a lot of good information online regarding crisis resources. We just want people to have those resources available if they ever get to a place where they're feeling stuck. And some of the common ones, SafeUT as an app and a number you can call. We've also got local warm lines that people can call if it's not a crisis, but they need to talk to somebody. And we've got more group-specific crisis lines available there too. 
all of the resources we try to put on on that page it can be a little overwhelming at first and we're trying to simplify it but that would be kind of the go-to place wow thank you for sharing all those resources i am curious about the davis folk mm -hmm. so for those that attend the davis campus what resources do they have and the counseling center there so we have one therapist who we try to have there one day a week during spring and fall semesters it, that's ever evolving. Sometimes that person gets used really well out there, and sometimes not a lot of students know about that resource. So we'll continue to have a therapist out there. I think in the past it's been on Wednesdays, and they have a place that they can see that clients can meet with therapists there. And one of my hopes for the counseling center and something that we're seeing a lot of other universities doing is having embedded counselors. So you don't have to go to the counseling center to get all your therapy support. You could have like a, a counselor embedded in a college or in athletics or in housing. And so the gap between, okay, I have an issue and I want to go talk to somebody about it is smaller. It's just easier to walk down the hall. That may be pie in the sky right now, but I think that's my hope. So right now we're kind of starting with Davis campus and we have somebody there. That's such a cool goal to have for you guys. So do students have to pay to use the counseling center services? No, they don't. If there's one thing, it's free, <laughs> which is, I think, a great community resource. So I have a private practice out in the community and in talking with colleagues about how long it takes a client to get into therapy in the community, sometimes it's weeks and weeks and weeks. And if you don't have insurance or even if you do have insurance, it can cost a lot of money. That's what I love about the Counseling Center is we try and keep our wait lists really small, get people in within one to two weeks, and it's covered with your student fees. So you don't have to pay anything. The only time you would have to pay for something would be if you met with our psychiatric nurse practitioner and he prescribed a medication, you'd have to pay for the medications. But it's great, local, really close, so people can get all their mental health needs met locally. As a mental health professional, I'm sure you often come across that people have a hard time accepting that they need help, let alone asking for it. So what advice would you give to students who are hesitant to ask for help? One the thing I've noticed over the last probably 10 years is that people are more likely to be open about mental health issues. You know, when I was a first as a therapist, we talked about if you ever see your client in public, you know, you just kind of turn away or if they say hi to you, you just kind of nod and say hi because confidentiality is vital and important to that. Nowadays, we get people coming up to us on campus like, oh yeah, hey, there's Aaron, my therapist. And they don't care. Like, it's like, okay, cool. You got a therapist and people don't care as much, which I think is really good. We've, that means all the marketing we've been doing to let people know your mental health is important. It is working. And so now, at least with younger generations, that's the easier thing to talk about, but still for some, whether that's just kind of individually or often there's cultural pieces in the kind of what the meaning of seeking help is we built in a couple different places to make it a little bit easier. One is the initial consultation. So that if somebody's worried like, okay, maybe I need to go get some help, they can go in and for a half an hour, talk with a professional about here's what's going on and then get some feedback about what next steps might be helpful. There's no commitment. They can just kind of come in and chat and leave it at that. We've also incorporated single sessions. Again, if somebody is unsure about therapy, they can call and ask for a single session. It really is 60 minutes. You can talk, see what it's like. If it isn't for you, don't come back. Or if it is for you, we can get you set up with, with other services or, or ongoing services. So we try to make that transition a warm one where talking about mental health 
is okay. There's services to get people there. I do think there's this idea out there though that I can't ask for help because if I need help, then there must be something wrong with me. I kind of think the opposite, like mental health is recognizing that everybody's got stuff at some point going on and asking for help is a very healthy thing to do. So trying to reframe that as rather than a like, oh my gosh, there's something wrong with me to congratulations, you're normal. And we've got a place that you can go talk to people about this. That's really good advice. I think that I've been there as well of being like, there must be something wrong with me if I need to ask for help. But I think that's really good advice. So as academic peer coaches, we see a lot of students who come to us needing help with the test anxiety. Mm -hmm. Do you have any techniques or advice we could share with the students about that? Yes. Two resources right off the bat. One in Tau, I believe there's a test anxiety module. And on our Learn About pages, there's one specifically for test anxiety. So you can go there and read in a lot more depth. But some quick tips around test anxiety. Oftentimes we focus a lot on the actual test taking, and we don't do a whole lot of talking about leading up to. So developing good study habits, giving yourself plenty of time to go over material, getting a good night's sleep, recognizing the thoughts that come up when you know you're preparing for a test of like, I'm going to fail. I'm going to do horrible. I don't know this stuff. Why am I even in school? Learning to recognize and challenge those thoughts. Also being mindful of if test anxiety is a thing for you, how you bring yourself into the center. So don't go drink a Red Bull right before you go into the testing center. Often there's this idea of like, if I just amp myself up, I, I can be good. That actually amplifies the anxiety and makes things go worse. If you go on our website, there's lots of things about calming breathing, relaxation, challenging negative thoughts. And usually with test anxiety or anxiety in general, anxiety is a worry about what's going to happen in the future. And so if we can help people to be more present and focused and learn to just focus on, I just have to answer this question right here. I don't need to worry about the next question or what I've done the previous question, just being present. That can be really helpful. But we know anxiety messes with our biological functioning. So breathing, as cheesy as it sounds, is the thing to do. Learning to develop whatever breathing skill works for you. There's box breathing, which is like inhaling for four seconds, holding it for four seconds, exhaling for four seconds, holding that for four seconds. Do that a couple times and it actually kind of resets how our body system takes us out of the fight or flight and into just, I'm safe and I can be okay. I think those are, yeah, the tips right now. I think that is the last of our questions. But before we let you go, is there any other information you think students should know? I would just want to leave that idea that, again, not everybody needs therapy, but everybody does need to take care of their mental health. And that can look a lot of different ways. So we've got a variety of different resources and would encourage students to figure out what it is for them. For some people, good therapy could be driving in the mountains or exercising or listening to some good music. For some people, it is coming to talk to a mental health professional. But everybody's got to take care of that. And I think that sets up an environment where there is a sentiment that taking care of mental health is okay. And we can talk about that. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us today, Aaron. And for those who are listening, if you want to make an appointment with a counselor or find the resources we talked about today, you can get in contact at the Counseling Center by going to the A through Z index on the Weber State homepage clicking C and then selecting Counseling and Psychological Services Center. You can also give them a call at, you might want to write this number down, 801-626-6406. So one more time, it is 801-626-6406.
And to end off our episode, we have a quote from writer and therapist Lisa Oliveira. Just because no one else can heal or do your inner work for you doesn't mean you can, should, or need to do it alone. Until next time, Wildcats.